0: Hello, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Today is the 23rd of November, day 327 out of the year, and we are reading from Romans chapter 12, verse one to 21. Let's begin with a reading from the Bible. How to behave, personal responsibility, a living sacrifice to God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and keep with those who weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. This is the word of the Lord. Here ends the first reading. Now let's turn to the New Living Translation. When sacrificing an animal according to God's law, a priest would kill the animal, cut it in pieces and place it on the altar. Sacrifice was important, but even in the Old Testament, God made it clear that obedience from the heart was much more important. God wants us to offer ourselves, not animals, as living sacrifices, daily laying aside our own desires to follow him putting all our energy and resources at his disposal and trusting him to guide us. We do this out of gratitude that our sins have been forgiven. God has good, pleasing and perfect plans for his children. He wants us to be transformed, people with renewed minds living to honour and obey him. Because he wants only what is best for us, and because he gave his son to make our new life possible, we should joyfully give ourselves as living sacrifices for his service. Paul warned Christians, Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, that are usually selfish and often corrupting. Wise Christians decide that much worldly behaviour is off-limits for them. Our refusal to conform to this world's values, however, must go even deeper than just behaviour and customs. It must be firmly planted in our minds. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It is possible to avoid most worldly customs and still be proud, covetous, selfish, stubborn and arrogant. Only when the Holy Spirit renews, re-educates and redirects our minds are we truly transformed. Healthy self-esteem is important because some of us think too little of ourselves. On the other hand, some of us overestimate ourselves. The key to an honest and accurate self-evaluation is knowing the basis of our self-worth, our identity in Christ. Apart from him, we aren't capable of very much by eternal standards in him. We are valuable and capable of worthy service. Evaluating yourself by the worldly standards of success and achievement can cause you to think too much about your worth in the eyes of others and thus miss your true value in God's eyes. Paul uses the concept of the human body to teach how Christians should live and work together. Just as the parts of the body function under the direction of the brain, so Christians are to work together under the command and authority of Jesus Christ. God gives us gifts so we can build up his church. To use them effectively we must 1. Realise that all gifts and abilities come from God. 2. Understand that not everyone has the same gifts. 3. Know who we are and what we do best. 4. Dedicate our gifts to God's service and not to our personal success. 5. Be willing to utilise our gifts wholeheartedly, not holding back anything from God's service. God's gifts differ in nature, power and effectiveness according to his wisdom and graciousness, not according to our faith. Our role is to be faithful and to seek ways to serve others with what Christ has given us. Prophesying in scripture is not always predicting the future. Often it means predicting God's messages. Look at this list of gifts and imagine the kinds of people who would have each gift. Prophets are often bold and articulate. Servers, those in ministry, are faithful and loyal. Teachers are clear thinkers. Encouragers know how to motivate others. Givers are generous and trusting. Leaders are good organisers and managers. Those who show kindness are caring people who are happy to give their time to others. It would be difficult for one person to embody all of these gifts. An assertive prophet would not usually make a good counsellor and a generous giver might fail as a leader. When you identify your own gifts, and this list is far from complete, ask how you can use them to build up God's family. At the same time, realise that your gifts can't do the work of the church all alone. Be thankful for people whose gifts are completely different to yours. Let your strengths balance their weaknesses and be grateful that their abilities make up for your deficiencies. Together you can build Christ's church. Most of us have learned how to be courteous to others, how to speak kindly, avoid hurting their feelings and appear to take an interest in them. We may even be skilled in pretending to show compassion when we hear of others' needs or to become indignant when we learn of injustice. But God calls us to real and genuine love that goes far beyond being hypocritical and polite. Genuine love requires concentration and effort. It means helping others become better people. It demands our time, money and personal involvement. No individual has the capacity to express love to a whole community. But the body of Christ in your own town does. Look for people who need your love. And look for ways you and your fellow believers can love your community for Christ. We can honour others in one of two ways. One involves ulterior motives. We honour our bosses so they will reward us. Our employees so they will work harder. The wealthy so they will contribute to our cause. The powerful so they will use their power for us and not against us. God's way involves love. As Christians, we honour people because they have been created in God's image, because they are our brothers and sisters in Christ, and because they have a unique contribution to make to Christ's church. Does God's way of honouring others sound too difficult for your competitive nature? Why not try to outdo one another in showing honour? Put others first. Christian hospitality differs from social entertaining. Entertaining focuses on the host. From home, the home must be spotless, the food must be well-prepared and abundant, the home must appear relaxed and good-natured. Hospitality, by contrast, focuses on the guests' needs, such as a place to stay, nourishing food, a listening ear, or just acceptance. Hospitality can happen in a messy home. It can happen around a dinner table where the main dish is, the main dish is canned soup. It can even happen while the host and the guests are doing chores together. Don't hesitate to offer hospitality just because you are too tired, too busy or not wealthy enough to entertain. Many people use their contacts and relationships for selfish ambition. They select those people who will help them climb the social ladder. Christ demonstrated and taught that we should treat all people with respect. Those of a different race, the handicapped, the poor, young and old, male and female. We must never consider others as being beneath us. Paul says we need to live in harmony with others and not be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Are you able to do humble tasks with others? Do you welcome conversation with unattractive, non-prestigious people? Are you willing to befriend newcomers and entry-level people? Or do you relate only to those who will help you get ahead? These verses summarise the core of Christian living. If we love someone the way Christ loves us, we will be willing to forgive. If we have experienced God's grace, we will want to pass it on to others. And remember, grace is undeserved favour. By giving an enemy a drink, we are not excusing his misdeeds. We are giving. We are recognising him, forgiving him and loving him in spite of his sins, just as Christ did for us. In this day of lawsuits and incessant demands for legal rights, Paul's command sounds almost impossible. When someone hurts you deeply, instead of giving him what he deserves, Paul says to befriend him. Why does Paul tell us to forgive our enemies? 1. Forgiveness may break a cycle of retaliation and lead to mutual reconciliation. 2. It may make the enemy feel ashamed and change his or her ways. 3. By contrast, repaying evil for evil hurts you just as much as it hurts your enemy. Even if your enemy never repents, forgiving him or her will free you of a heavy load of bitterness. Forgiveness involves both attitudes and actions. If you find it difficult to feel forgiving towards someone who has hurt you, try responding with kind actions. If appropriate, tell the person that you would like to heal your relationship, lend a helping hand, send him or her a gift smile at him or her. Many times you will discover that right actions lead to right feelings. Here ends the second reading. Let us pray. Lord, this day we give you thanks for everything that we have received from you, the love, the wisdom, the insight, the friends, the faith, the Holy Spirit. And we pray this day that we honour you, Lord, that we carry ourselves in a way that is uplifting, that reflects the word accurately, that glorifies your name. Lord, let us remember this important passage from the Bible and everything it teaches us about loving and honouring and serving our neighbour with good intentions. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.